There will be some editing, probably. We'll put everything in reverse. You're listening to episode 77. Time to lean and here's a song with Phil and John and their special guest, Carrie J. Drummer, extraordinaire, and raconteur. I'm Ed Uncle Hat. Enjoy. It's a good thing because our guest tonight is John Kerry. No, <laughs> John Kerry, the former president. He wasn't president. Well, you no. know, that, that's funny because I have a button in my office that says Minnesota Women for Kerry. And I like that. You know, <laughs> Minnesota oh. Women for Kerry. Why not? It's Kerry J. Makes me feel good. Spelled the same way K E R R Y. And uh, Minnesota do you want Women. Your last, do you want your last name used or your initial? I don't know if it matters, but. We just no, say, you can use my whole name. It's okay. so generic, it could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Carrie, Carrie Johnson. And not the NPR uh, reporter of the same oh. name and spelling. It's a woman, uh, though. So I have, a, a, I have one of those names that can be used both for both genders. <laughs> There's a joke there. I'm, I can't wait. That's right. Or, or any gender. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, hmm, okay. Carrie's the original wokester. Well, welcome, Carrie. It's great to great to have you, you on. Thank you. I'm a big fan. I've actually listened to I don't know how many of you done of these. Seventy seven. Oh yes, this is our. This notes. is seventy seven. Well, have you listened I, to this one yet? How did it go? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the last one. Um, oh well, then you are a fan. <laughs> I haven't listened to all of them from number well, one. Well, no, I, either have I. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned. I learned a lot. It was kind of interesting. You guys cover well, a lot of territory. Oh, yeah. Sometimes well, you more know, than others. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have a much of a theme or topic. Well, and sometimes yeah. it's okay just to mark your territory, but that's mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Speaking Maybe of which, John. I've uh, got to keep an eye on my dog. <laughs> I, I was going to lock her up, but lock her up. Um, I was gonna, <laughs> what oh, about her emails, No, John? it's terrible. Yeah. So Birdie's emails. Title. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. That's bad. Um, no, I I was gonna put her in a crate, and I just didn't. Well, didn't she'll join it. in sometimes. That's I'm fine. outside on the deck, so I'm I'm kind of letting her roam free. Well, she'll be like one of those kids on those Zoom calls that comes running in, you know. And oh, she has made that. appearances before. Trust me. Yeah. I love that. I love I love the work when a work meeting is interrupted by kids or animals this makes it go better or, or the cat overlay over your head or whatever that remember that there was some guy giving a <laughs> oh yeah to a judge and this cat head came on like his ears his, appeared his, on him his <laughs> it was hard to get a serious point across at that point his kids had set up some filter before he <laughs> got cat's on. out of order right yeah, and he that. couldn't figure out how to turn it off <laughs> it's like really i'm not a cat <laughs> yeah. well, well carrie uh, why don't you Tell us a little bit about yourself, like an elevator speech or something like that. Oh, uh, who, boy. Who, who am us? Who I know you. Well, um, I think that one of the main connections I have with uh, John and you is music. You know, I've been a professional musician for, wow. Uh, I started playing when I was 10 for money. Um, and I'm now like money. well yeah. over that. Um, I'm, I'm collecting <laughs> Social Security. So that kind of gives you an idea. Um <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, born in upstate New York in the Binghamton area, home of Rod Serling. You've entered the time to lean zone. And uh, Ooh. 
and uh, yeah, and Johnny Hart, the guy that did the BC comics. I don't know if you remember. Did those go national? BC, they, BC, he a, like he, he was like oh, a yeah, yeah, the, the, the caveman. BC? Yeah, BC. Oh, uh, the yeah. comic strip. Yeah, like yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Ones. Yeah, yeah, he was a good friend of my drum teachers. I took private drum lessons in Binghamton, and uh, on the inside of the studio wall was all of these Johnny Hart original cartoons having to do with drumming. And uh, they were one, one of a kind. Um, they must have been worth something. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. But I remember one, there was a guy with drumsticks all through his, the drum heads. And on the byline was Magnificent Solo Higgins. It was some, like the, the, the conductor was saying, you know, Magnificent Solo. And everything's all broken and drumsticks everywhere. And <laughs> it was kind of fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I grew up there until I was 18. And then I uh, graduated from high school, went to a year of college. And then I decided to get the heck out of Dodge and head west, young man, like Horace Greeley said. I think it was <laughs> Horace Greeley. And um, I got a letter from my drum teacher from the union, and he said, I've taught you everything I know. You know, when you go to California, just give this to the union, and, you know, you might get a job. So I landed in Santa Barbara, which is still one of my favorite, favorite all-time places on earth. And uh, it was around end of December, I, I put in my, my uh, name at the union. I got a call within two days for a New Year's Eve gig at the Ojai Country Club. Oh, and, uh, two days after hanging out, hanging out your musical yes, shingle. Yes, and that's kind of the way it's been with me my whole life. It's been really amazing. So the guy who called me was, his name was Dave Davidson, and he was head of a big, uh, big band during World War II that actually um, backed up Judy Garland. And he had bandstands with DD, you know, superimposed on them. And uh, he says, hey, I have a, a gig at the Ojai Country Club with some ex-studio musicians who play with me. Uh, would you be interested? I said, absolutely. So he showed up in a Ford Pinto with a big string bass in the back. <laughs> this is a great story. I, I, what are your yeah. classics? Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm like, how am I going to fit my drums in here? He goes, oh, we'll make it work. So I stuffed my, <laughs> I actually stuffed my drums in that thing. I don't know how we did it. And we wound our way up the mountain to Ojai, which is just above Santa Barbara. And uh, it was at a country club, so we played, and it was awesome because these studio musicians were these, what seemed to me be old cats, you know, um, but they were probably like younger than me now. Um, but they were really, really good. And here I am, 18, you know. Wow. Um, and we're playing this music, and we're getting paid really well. And they go, okay, next gig's at the Biltmore Hotel. I'm like, okay, and the next gig's at the, the Old Mill. And, you know, so... Um, anyway, we played all these fantastic venues and with these fantastic musicians. And then um, I, I went to school, entered, uh, went to Santa Barbara City College, and then I took a big, big credit load. So I really didn't have a lot of time to, you know, I had to study, study, study. So I said, hey, guys, I'm going to have to take a, a break, you know. And really, man, you know, we're just getting, we're just getting going. You're going to go back to school? I'm like, hey, I, you know, I need, you know school is important, you know, and they go, yeah, we know, we know, you know, so anyway, I went off to school, and then um, we kind of, I didn't gig with them much anymore, and then uh, I went down to, uh, oh gosh, I have one story leads to another, but um, <laughs> this is going to be, how, many, how long is this podcast? No. Um, <laughs> hour three. But anyway, uh, yeah. Of the I've already J taken special. up my, all of my, my time, but anyway, suffice no, it to no, say. No, no, don't worry about it. I, no, no, I it's saw the, it's the Kerry Johnson comeback special. Right? Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> Starring Donny Osmond and Yul Brenner. 
I saw an ad for a guy who did one of these, um, one of the first guys to do this overdubbing where you play piano, then you get up and you walk around the nightclub while you're singing to this disembodied you know, the piano <laughs> that nobody's playing at, but it was you. Um, and uh, I was watching him and at the end of the set, he comes up to me and goes, hey, are you a musician? And I said, yeah, I mean, well, he's why? And he said, well, because the way you're looking at me, you know? And I said, <laughs> I said, well, you're, you are kind of cute. No, I know. I said, um, <laughs> I said, well, yeah. I, I, he said, well, where are you from? I, I am a musician. I'm a drummer. I sing, you know, and he says, he says, well, where are you from? I said, Binghamton, New York. And his mouth just drops. And I go, he goes, I'm from Binghamton, New York. And I said, are you what? kidding me? This is Goleta, California, like on the other coast. And, and he goes, well, so who did you play with out there? Anybody I know? And I said, yeah, a guy named George Losinger. And his jaw dropped another five inches. This is the guy who <laughs> taught him how to play piano. He's starting to look like a BC cartoon at this point. Yeah, or, exactly. Or maybe, Hag maybe Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, he invites me to dinner that night and blah, blah, blah. And one thing leads to another. So that was just one of those wonderful serendipitous things that, thing that keeps happening to me in, with music. So then I went to L.A., yeah. moved to L.A., um, started working for a guy doing um, recording of, you know, industrial stuff, voiceovers, some music, jingles. And then I was started playing drums on n numerous un anonymous, unnamed, you know, <laughs> industrial stuff. And then the guy one night goes, the engineer goes, hey, do you want to learn Pro Tools? And I'm like, what's that? He goes, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, can, you can do the volume graphing for me and you can do this and that. So he taught me bit by bit. So then pretty soon I got pretty good at Pro Tools and then I went work on the other side of the glass. So sometimes I'd lay down drum tracks, sometimes I'd actually record them. I have to interject. Yeah. Kerry learned software bit by bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, continue. Well, that was not worth interrupting your story. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I started in analog with a Revox A77 doing, you know, razor blade cuts and you know, <laughs> yeah, order yeah. and shape. And I did so many that my my edit all razor uh, edit block got a groove in it like old monastery stairs of, of the 16th century, you know, that so many feet had been on. I think Were you I also absorbed... a copyist of ancient texts. Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, kinda, yeah. So and, and Studer, and we had a, a big old Scully with those. They took those 15 inch platters and all those when you rewound them, they got up to like I don't know. 500,000 RPMs. And so if you backed into it, you know, it would like <laughs> saw a hole in your pants. <laughs> I mean, one time. So many good lines coming out. One time, <laughs> love it. One time we had a reboxes mounted, mounted, you know, face up. And we were sitting there in a the control room and also, and it's rewinding. And all of a sudden we hear this click, like click. And the oh. spindle slipped the, the locks it'll slipped and everybody that kind of you know thought hit uh -huh. the dirt so everybody kind of gets down and the, the reel goes zing you know goes and, and these are those big oh, 10 they... inch metal reels yeah right? the metal rmls oh, yeah it goes flying uh, across the room and barely deadly. you know misses decapitating one of us anyway oh. and it left a big gash in the wall too <laughs> At least you weren't throwing a plate of ketchup at the wall. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. Ketchup. That would no, have no, we water. try not to get no. political, but yes. people love their ketchup. Try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I worked in L.A. for uh, blah, 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 I don't know, many, many years. And then uh, my mother had a, had a physical uh, ailment that uh, necessitated her to move to Montana for the, I don't know, the atmosphere or the air or whatever. I don't know, whatever. And I was kind of done with L.A. because, you know, that was when people were shooting each other on the freeway and the, the air was getting bad. And, and my kids were going up to high school to a school age. 
and I'm like, eh, time to get out of LA. So yeah, I moved, moved to, Mon- to Montana. That sounds like a Frank Zappa song or something. Yeah. Well, I did play at the El Monte, uh, <laughs> the El Monte, uh, what is it, Legion or Elks Club or whatever he references to. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I did. The real thing. Uh, and then I joined a cowboy band and did yodeling harmonies and played guitar and oh, wow. rodeos. We did a lot of uh, Riders in the Sky. Oh, yeah. We were coming to the Big Top Chautauqua, by the way, in cool water. I think, I think uh, September. Yeah. Cool, clear water, water, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that song. And uh, yeah, so was there for 10 years, uh, played rodeos, did audio work, played drums in country. Now, I got to country music, you know, I got into that. All the, And Western. And Western. We did both, yes. <laughs> and George Strait, you know, and all those guys. Uh, Travis, what was his name? Uh, Tritt? Yeah. Crit? Not Travis Fritt? Tritt, the other guy. Travis. The guy did, oh yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name now. Randy Travis. I no. Anyway, whatever. and then the I, Travis I, guy. I moved from Montana to Minnesota. My mom passed away. I was in a career change. I just uh, the company I was working for was doing something else, and I said, "Okay, I'm taking my my whole my kids, everybody, without any job, and moving to Minis- to Minneapolis because my friend had a company in Lake Elmo." doing um uh audio aromatherapy like he 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 made these little uh perfume dispersers that they put in ceilings of casinos and shopping malls that squirted out this organic scent like pine and citrus and stuff <laughs> and 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 it drew people in and people paid millions of dollars for these systems and he traveled all over the world installing these things anyway interesting story i thought they just pumped wow. at casinos i thought they just pumped in like cigarette smoke or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's stale upholstery and beer and <laughs> old spilt, grease. Yeah. Spilt beer. And maybe and an like accident or two. Dog playing poker paintings and stuff. <laughs> or, or or the the, the fa- favorite scent, um all you can eat buffet. <laughs> right, right. Well, okay, before we get into how you two met, I, I met um Carrie. I keep wanting to call you John. I don't know why. Carrie. But um before we get into that kind of thing, what what are we gotta get into the thing? Gotta get what what yeah, are we gotta drinking? keep yeah, what are we drinking? We do tonight? have some we do um, have some themes. Carrie, what do you have a beverage and if so, what is it? I do, and it's really cheap. It's um it I'm is just a, it's just a straight up ginger ale and Windsor, which is oh, about Windsor. the most the most uh basic thing you could possibly is that drink, called like something like a ginger or <laughs> a ginger yeah like a little ginger <laughs> instead of a big ginger ginger no, I do no have that's some... what that's what windsor is really made for though that's what it's for it. yeah it's a yeah. mixer it's good it enough. was made for ginger ale or, uh, or well, just... mixing of or anything, anything. Sure. yeah coke it's like, or... it's like the well uh... seven up yeah but, you know no that that's a good day for it's hot here in Minnesota mm-hmm. on ice. I have ice. And... Oh, nothing wrong oh, with that. that. Do you put a little lime in that or not? No, no, it's just straight. Just straight just that way. It is. Okay. I, I didn't even put any water in it. It's just straight on ice. It's something they would serve at the Montana Elks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Whatever>. you, know, <laughs> you know, Elks and Legion Clubs, the bars are so good because we play, you know, I played in various bands that play these places. And you get really great pours for <laughs> really reasonable amounts oh, of money. yeah i i've never yeah, played that, it the, a... those good working class so <laughs> yeah, and it's still the same booze you get at some high class place i mean you know a lot many times you know um you know bombay sapphire is bombay sapphire or you know um whatever 
you know, a Glen, the no. Glen Livet is the Glen Livet. I mean, I've drank at some of those places. I know what you mean. So they're a real deal, as far as I'm concerned. Not high highfalutin. Mm-mm. No, well, you, you, get, you, you don't get have value for your money. Dollars. Yeah, exactly. I am doing a gin and tonic. Um, All right, it's warm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, uh, it's Fever Tree. Well, that's kind of my favorite go-to tonic at the moment. Yeah. And I'm drinking Hendrix gin, but it's the Neptunia uh, variety. It's one Is of that their the special one that glows in the dark ones. or something. That's um, no, that's another. I can't remember what it's called. It's one of that dark blue model. Oh, it's probably uh, Luna. Well, it's the one that has the botanicals that only bloom at night. I think that's the gimmick. But, <laughs> um, yeah, arachnophobia or whatever it's called. But uh, <laughs> Pat's, a, Pat's, a, Pat's a big G&T uh, fan, and she loves Beef Eater, of all things. You know, a um, lot of people say that, that that that's a really good a solid she yeah she doesn't like she doesn't like it it's she likes it better than you know bombay uh tangeray any of that she, mm. does, she does give me a beef eater you know and, and pat's your your lady friend that. yeah pat's my the one who introduced me to single malt scotch which there is kind of interesting everybody's got to share responsibility i <laughs> i i'm drinking a northeast uh beer all right all right actually i already finished it i'm moving on to Probably some sort of Jim Beam later, but whatever. Jimbo. I like Nordeast. Nordeast. Grain Belt. Good stuff. Yeah. I like that, amber beers. Um, Nordeast is, I I don't usually get it. I like other kind of amber beers better, but Nordeast has kind of a, it almost tastes like there's two beers. It's like they put something, mm-hmm. it's like Grain Belt, half Grain Belt, and half something else. I can't quite figure yeah, it out. you're right. It's not citrusy, but it's different. You know, it's different than most. It's a little bit sour to me a little bit just a little tiny bit it's it's got a little more flavor than a grain belt Mm -hmm. but oh but there's nothing better uh, like after doing yard work or something on a hot day than the the original grain belt Mm -hmm. if i'm going to get a lager or whatever grain belt has you know i'm not going to go get a bud light or something i think it's funny how the the, some of the cheap beers have gotten hip again like Back when PBR, you know, was hams, hams, sort of. You see that, and and the one that I see more often now is that uh, Coor. Is it Coors Banquet or whatever? Have you seen that stuff? The little the 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 champagne of beers or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's that. I thought that was Miller High Life. It's Miller. You're right. Oh, that's right. uh, Right. Miller Banquet. I I the first time I saw it in a TV show, like modern TV show, uh, it. The the guy the main guy in Cobra Kai you know the Karate Kid Netflix <laughs> show <laughs> good show by the way uh, he drinks drinks it all the time in that show it's really funny but it's, it's, it's they're sort of mocking it like like he's this just loser who drinks banquet <laughs> it was always in those big V you know classic beer glasses right with the you know bubbles shiny you know the yeah it's yeah. got a distinctive uh, shaped bottle though. It's like a oh, squat. Okay. Oh, that's right. Brown bottle. That you know, Schlitz, Schlitz is another one that came back with its original recipe. And I remember um, Schlitz growing up in ago. those white, solid white cans with the kind of maroon Schlitz logo on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had one. We in Rapid City, did we, John? I remember seeing it. I was too young to drink it at the time. <laughs> I, the one no. I always saw at the family picnics. 
that I'm sure was just the cheapest shit they could get was uh, old Milwaukee. Yes. Old Milwaukee. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> that stuff was just oh, everywhere. Like a 48 pack for five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You'd see crazy. that in the, at the picnic, the, the, the two things I recall are, it, it's funny. This came up with my wife recently because we were talking about going on picnics. I don't know why, but um, my family used to do a thing where on a Sunday during the summer, we would go out into the Black Hills and go to a park with usually another family you know, group and you know, bring our coolers and a bunch of food and uh, you know, cook a bunch of hot dogs and stuff like that. And that I remember the old Milwaukee's everywhere. And another family we used to go with would bring these Rushmore meets red hot dogs. You remember those, Phil? Oh yeah. They weren't they weren't like hot, you know, like you think you see a red hot dog today and it's usually like a hot link or something something that's spicy, but sure. these were just red colored hot dogs. You buy a whole package. Extra food coloring. I don't know what the red, hell they were, but red I, one, two, three die in them. <laughs> but but my dad never wanted to buy them. Obviously, they were either they either had garlic in them, which he couldn't stand, or they were expensive. <laughs> so one of the reasons. So we it always seemed like ooh those I bet those are really good. <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm listen, sure they were awful. <laughs> combining uh, sausages and beer, you can't beat a German uh, oh. place. I've played in in so oh, many no. German um, places, and you know this I, is we, so far removed from that. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> we we played in uh, you know at the the Gasthaus or Gemüklichkeit so many times down there in the in oh, Mario's, which, which is no longer Mario's there, room, which sadly. is no longer there. Sadly, Sad. we are really bummed. We 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 went there maybe once a year. Some, Twice a year at the most, but we really. Is that the one they had the boot and you'd like spill in your face if you? Yeah, John and I had actually gone over there with our spouses and had. Yeah, we got to go there. I haven't been there for years, but I can't. Yeah, they they do the um at the end of the the night they give you a shot of uh, apple apple corn they called it yeah and then they would and then they'd offer you a hit of snuff. Yep. Oh yeah, and they had the board where they'd snap it right in your nose. They crush you your nostril in the. You didn't even have to inhale. It's like it just going, was like going blow. <laughs> it's like a, a reverse mouse trap or something. Yeah, yeah, it was snuff trap. <laughs> well, the good news is that the Bavarian Hunter, which was also sold up in Stillwater, was was going to be gone, but a, a couple from Bavaria in their thirties bought it. And what? from what I hear, really? they're going to make it keep it a German place. They're going to, and they got a good chef, or so they're going to oh. make it a really nice German place again, which is good for me because I do, I sing all those beer drinking songs. You know German. them all. You sing, you can sing them all in German. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that always State, me. Ein Hof, Breuhaus, eins, zwei, zu far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do, do it enough times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay. How did you two meet? Well, in a band. Oh, well, boy. I, I, the, Do you I, know? I'll give you the short version. Uh, oh, okay. I kind of, it was, it was as usual, it's all about networking and who you know and not sucking, I guess. <laughs> those, are the, yeah. those are the things. And I, I was doing some playing with uh, a group, a jazz group around here, and the piano player was, was on a job with the Jerry O'Hagan Orchestra with that carrie was playing with already and they needed a bass sub on a job at medina i think was the first one okay and i i just showed up for it i'd never 
<laughs> never met Jerry or anybody else in the band and just and did it and and then I I got to join the band after a short time and got got to know Kerry that way because you know he's he's great to play with. Well, what, what yeah, band well, was thank that? you. That was a Jerry O'Hagan big band. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the and um, my first band. gig with him was at the Medina as well, but it was in 1998. With and, Jerry, uh, not me. Yeah, and I had just moved to town. And, you know, just like in California in that last story, I went to the, I didn't go to the Union, but I went to Schmidt Music in the Burnsville Center, which is where they used to be. And I walked up to this piano sales lady and I said, hey, my name's blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm new in town. I'm, I, I've... I'm a professional drummer. Do you know of anybody who's looking for a drummer? And she goes, well, yeah. And she starts listing all these like number one call names like Adia Shia and Peterson and, you know, all these people. I didn't know who they were, but they were like, <laughs> you know. Um, and so um, I get a call the next day from Jerry O'Hagan. And he says, you know, is this Kerry Johnson? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, um, or would you be interested in playing with my big band at the Medina Ballroom tomorrow night? I'm like, Tomorrow? Well, it was close. It was like, well, maybe not the next day, but it was within a couple of days. Well, I didn't no, have much I believe you. I'm just saying, wow. Yeah. And so I said, sure, I'd love to. So I show up, I play the gig. Um, I I think I did okay. I think I did fine. You know, I, I can sight read charts pretty well, you know. And then at the end of the night, he just comes up and says, thank you, and gives me my check. And that was it. You know, I'm and I'm expecting like, you know, how'd I do? You know, I didn't want to come out act like an amateur and go, so how'd I do? You know I mean? <laughs> oh, hey. yeah, so, so I, I just basically left it at that. And, but he hired me every gig from that point on for 22 years. Oh my God. So that was my beginning with Jerry O'Hagan. But you and, never knew if you were really part of the band. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, but he got this thing when he finally <laughs> handed you the check and he said, fine job. That was his signature yep. thing, you know, fine Ooh. job, Kerry. That was his praise. Uh, you knew that, that you were in, you were in with Jerry, you know, and nice. such a gentleman and a wonderful musician. Yeah. I can't we, say enough about him. Miss him. Um, but anyway, that was my beginning. And then of course, when John played, I was like, holy crap, who is this guy? He's so good. <laughs> I, I mean, it was just that. like, it was like, um, yeah, he was like the, he was so, certain musicians make your job easier because they're easy, they make you sound good, but they also make it so easy for you to sound good. And that's kind of the way John is, you know, I'm mean, like, like I play with other bass, he has such a flow and he swings like, like a maniac. He's got a wonderful, they have this thing called walking the dog, which is, I'm sure not a bass player's term, but you know, like it's that. No, I'm sure somebody else came You know, that kind of walking thing. And John just kicks it. I mean, it's so exact that it just swings. And so, you know, I can't get an. Well, you yeah. two are the rhythm section, basically, right? Yeah, and the pianist who who oh, we, that's yeah, yeah, that's important. We know too, some really great keyboard guys. Oh, no, I've no, met, and I've I'll, met a couple I'll of just, them. You know, I'll I'll echo what what Carrie just said that uh, he's he's one of those one of those drummers that you don't have to fight with on on holding the, <laughs> the the speed and the the feel and all that stuff because it's mostly about listening and and Carrie is great about that. Well, John, you know, yeah, who, are, who are some too. drummers you fought with recently? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, you know, drummers can be musical, believe it or not. I mean, you know, I try to, you know, when I'm playing, I think I'm listening to what, you know, rhythms people are doing, what what they're, you know, what what music, what they're doing musically. 
Um, yeah, because what else not to overplay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What else do I have to do? And also, you know, the fact about coming down using dynamics behind vocalists, like you know, you're playing a, you know, you're playing a solo, you know, part, and then all of a sudden, the, you know, the vocalist comes back in. You take it down. You're backing up the vocalist. You know, and yeah, a lot of supporting. drummers they just keep the same. You know, they're still on ten. Uh, you know, and they're going through the vocalist. Yeah, it's and so it's boring. Like, yeah. It's like you know, you got to go from turn your knob down from eleven down to like four or something you know well and dynamics makes it breathe i was just gonna you know? say dynamics yeah. makes it everything so much more interesting. and that, that's one of the hard, hardest things about the style of music we play and also about like classical music which where it really makes all the difference right and um you know i i'm fortunate that i sometimes play in groups that the conductors are very fussy about that and it's a lot harder when they are yeah but it really makes a big difference and when i hear a really top flight orchestra um, play they that that's also the one of the first things I, I just noticed is how extreme the dynamic swings are between them. oh it, right so that's that why stuff. I'm such a big Mahler freak because I just saw the uh, eighth at the orchestra hall a couple weeks ago and that's the one that know, takes a thousand people to, yeah it's the yeah. symphony of a thousand right and uh, <laughs> it had the it had the Minnesota Chorale it had all kinds of children's choruses and oh man it was so it goes from the beginning opening of this huge you know triple F you know thing and then there's parts of it where it goes down to like a flute or or like a two violins or wow. something. Wow. It's and it's so just like extreme. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it makes it so interesting. You know, it's not like all, you know, pedal the, to the metal all the way through the thing, which I won't be listening to Mahler in my pickup truck. In in rock bands I play and I'm always my pet peeve is guitar players who never use dy- their volume pedal. It's always <laughs> if they have one. It's set at 10 and the same thing. Verses <laughs> verses are loud, choruses are loud. When the singers come in, it's still the same loud. It's because loud, loud, loud. Because the singers should just should just turn up too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you scream. But anyway, yeah. That's, so that, that's kind of how we got uh, pl- playing Wait. the same groups, and we've been doing lots of you know small combos and other things. It's it's been really fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I know of a gig I need a, a bass uh, player for, I I think immediately of John. You know, I mean, it's first call. I mean, for Me whatever. Too. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and so, you know, it's, but like he said, it's all about networking. I've been in the twin cities for 24 yeah. years now, and I finally played at the Dakota, like during COVID, you know, oh, um, but funny. you know, uh, there's a certain group of, of wonderful musicians here and, you know, they really are great and they, but they get, they get all the premier gigs. I mean, obviously, I mean, and you've been here 24 years and you haven't broken through that, I guess. No, you got to be, play at the Dakota, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've John played was at, at the Dakota I've, recently. Were you at the same gig? Um, was that different, John? We did one of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, did, I, I have played once. finally for the Jazz Fest. Uh, that's a thing I never got called for, even oh. though I knew drummers that I didn't. I mean, I hate to rank people like, oh, I'm better than yeah. him. You know, there's always someone better than you and there's always someone worse than you. You know, but I yep. think, you know, geez, if I only knew the right people, I, I should be playing in this festival, you know. Um, sure. But. But you know, I have other other interests, and I, I'm so busy playing anyway that you, you have uh, you a lot know, going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. You know, it is what it is. And no, um, it's it's totally fine. And I'm always glad for musicians, whoever they are, who are who are good people and good musicians when they're working. You know, yeah. I could yeah, go and on. I I feel like I I get to play the amount I want to do, mm-hmm. and the the type of stuff I like. So 
Right. You can't it's do all, all the gigs. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, no, you know? no. And I, I don't I, I, I don't I have a lot of respect for people who who make a living doing it. Yes. Which and I thankfully don't have to very, do. Very. Yeah. I, I'm very thankful. I decided long ago, long ago that wasn't for me. And um, I, I got to the point in my life where I, I, I have the balance. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, but, I, I think I consider John like. I'm not a professional musician by any means, but I consider John probably one of the most versatile bass players that I can think of. I don't know. Well, and that's another thing. He and does I'm wondering, all styles. I, you, you, you seem, yeah, right. But you all seem, styles. you seem to get into that a little bit too, though. I mean, you, you have a lot of. Gary is also, yeah, that's why we get along so well. I've he, played he, he all the country stuff of, he's done of and, timpani um, yeah. and, you know, orchestral stuff. Um, I've played. You know, plenty of rock and roll. I played in funk bands. I'm I'm currently playing with One Hit Wonders, Minneapolis, which is a nine piece horn band. That's a cool band, yeah. And they play all just one hits. And <sighs> do they do safety dance though? Oh yeah, we do oh, safety okay. dance. I Everybody see, put I up your hands. You sometime. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we play at the Blackstack Brewery about once a month down in uh, off of Prior Avenue North, in oh. off of University. It's past I the need Menards. To check it out. Yeah, it's right above Can Can Wonderland. If you oh, know where that I've been is. wanting to go there too. I can, yeah, yeah, so check out both of them sometime. Yeah. Uh, we're really booked for the summer though, so I, I think our next one isn't until like September because yeah. our bass player is in a pretty uh, up and coming band, and she's booked every Friday until until September. Well, like you know that. somebody that could sub. <laughs> well, I do, except he have he'd have to sing uh, women vocal parts. Oh, I, you know. Could you do that, John? You, you know, I, you know, you probably sing too, but you haven't come. You haven't like unveiled that. He, right? I, think that I think there's only like two songs on here that I've, I've. Uh... I try not to. No, but Sorry, can I you? had to move inside. It started. John raining. has perfect pitch, so he can. He does can, he really? Yeah. So he John, can. Do you have? Perfect I'm not spo- pitch? Oh no, I shouldn't have said that. No, John I, has. I heard uh, that I did. Yeah. John has near pitch, perfect pitch. I had to move inside. It's raining. Oh. What? John. <laughs> John Kerry is with us today. Kerry. No, Kerry Johnson. Kerry J. I guess we use your whole name. You know, um, for John. You know that thing where um you know John does this audiovisual stuff? Yeah. <clears throat> for classrooms. Sure. I remember I was working I know. At, a, at a school. <laughs> And uh, one of the guys had to go into the lecture hall and fix something. And we had this talkback mic from the control room. And we put this reverb on it. And when the guy was in there and, and this voice says, Hello, Stanley, this is God. <laughs> and he says, You've been treating Bill awfully bad lately. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was so funny. Was oh, like, gosh. Oh, God. It was, it was hilarious. The guy's like, "What?" It's like this disembodied voice comes <laughs> ringing over the through the whole hall. Oh, anyway, there's nothing like funny. a little reverb. God created reverb, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. Over there at the burning bush. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't imagine saying, you know, <laughs> I, I am that I am. You know, I mean, you know, you're not going to have some terrible, you know, who are you? I am that I am. You like Popeye or something? You're gonna, you're gonna, I am that I. You know, you have to really give it the. Hi, I'm God. John, you're back. I'm back. I, all right. I think we should take uh, Carrie all the way back to L.A. What did you do there? You 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 were like a studio musician, kind of. Uh part time. Um, I worked for a, a uh, 
publishing company that did um, like audio. Well, I, I, they were kind of um, they did audio and video post production, and they also had a mobile van that they drove around and did live shoots, like at SIR down in North Hollywood. Um, Studio Instrument Rentals had a big sound stage. So I did a lot of audio editing. I did a lot of video shooting. Like we had three Ikigami cameras, you know, that were, had the big monitors on, you know, view uh, monitors on the top. And um, I worked at various schools um, doing, uh, you know, video shoots of lectures and guests. We, we did this one forum where this, this professor was interviewing people from all over the different um during the Afghanistan war, uh, they were interviewing Mujahideen who had been there and uh, uh, what else, you know, things like ex KGB guys from <laughs> Bulgaria, you know and I mean? Just weird, just weird, you know, people they were interviewing. And so um, oh, wow. I did regular Hollywood squares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so um, yeah, just a lot of uh, between music and that. And then I was in a house band called Grand Old Vienna, which played just European music in San Gabriel, California, which was near Santa Anita Raceway. And uh, we is, played. Is that the one where the <clears throat> the band leaders smuggled a, a bass back from Vienna? No, that was, that, was Cal- that was Santa Barbara. That was that oh, Dave that Davidson guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who somehow brought it back from during the war. Yeah, he was pat. He patted his uh, his string bass, and he says, "Kerry, guess where I got this?" And I said, "I can't begin to guess." He goes, <laughs> "I got it at the Vienna Opera House." And I said, "Vienna Opera House?" What? He says, "Yeah." I says, "When our company went through Vienna, I just went in there and took it and crated it up and shipped it to New York." The spoils of war. And I'm thinking this thing probably played for Mahler and Strauss and all kinds of people. Oh. I mean, it had to be. Uh, I can't how much believe it. You made think it, it would have been worse? That's... I mean, worth John. How much would have that um, been worth? I mean, something that old. At least $80,000. Oh, at least. 000? Yeah, it depends. But. And he was gigging with it, John. He's <laughs> gigging with it. He, this is the thing he's putting in the back of a Ford Pinto. <laughs> Which might have exploded at that age. It, yeah. Which is like worth a lot more than a Ford Pinto <laughs> itself. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. But um, yeah. So where was I? Um California, like Los Angeles, yeah. Los yeah. Angeles. So, yeah, we, and then you met Brian Wilson, and uh, well, and well, you uh, know, I got to serve hors d'oeuvres to Tom Selleck. Um, hey, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I worked for a catering company that did the Oscars and the Emmys and the Olymp- the eighty four Olympics. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what What haven't you done? <laughs> well, maybe uh, we should start there. Oh, I did roofing for a while. Um, you know that that movie, Roofies? the latest movie about uh, the the uh, Manson uh, thing up in the hills. Uh, yeah, that, that latest movie. Oh, once I was upon a time ask you in if Hollywood. You met yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, that scene where is it Brad Pitt? Yeah, is oh. up on the roof and he's looking out over L.A. I I lived that scene so many times because back in the eighties they were replacing shake roofs with um, tile or or asbestos. Uh, it's pronounced shingles. chic. No, sorry. <laughs> well, because of the fires. I mean, they had these yeah. horrible fires up there. So oh, many, know. many days I'd be, you know, putting these. And then you were a stuntman. <laughs> and then I, yeah, and I drove an old car and I was a stunt. No, I didn't. wasn't a stunt. I man. drove a Pinto backwards. So you dealt with asbestos that, and 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 you've lived to collect well, social I, I security. Well, I guess they're really so not. They're not really. They were shingles. I don't know what they were made of, but. Um, 
Wow. Yeah. If anybody has, if anybody has had his best of shingles, I don't know if there's a shot for that, but. Oh God. <laughs> shingles. But we used to uh, have these, uh, you know, back in those days, I don't know if they still do it. We, we'd get a truck and we'd drive down to Coenga Boulevard and there'd be four or five Mexican guys standing there. We go, you, you and you jump in the truck and they'd jump in and we'd take off to a, a site and they would, uh, we, we knew they were roofers because that's the, the corner where the roofers would hang out, right? Yeah, it was the roofer corner. The roofer corner. And these guys worked their butts off. I mean, oh, they worked yeah. so Sounds hard. Like such hard work. Like in, we got there. In the, the heat? Yeah. Oh, you could on some of these stone roofs we did, rock roofs. You on the vents, you literally could fry an egg on those things. Oh god! I mean, it was so hot. And this, these guys would be there from morning to night, and then at sundown, I'm getting off the roof and I'm, you know, cleaning up and getting to my car. And this guy Manuel is there, you know, and and he's he's changing into a white shirt and he's, you know, putting water on his face and combing his hair. I'm like, where are you going? He goes, oh, to my next job. I mean, you're not, you said your next job. Oh my says, God. Yeah. I worked at the restaurant till midnight. I'm like, you've oh. got to be kidding me, man. I mean, oh. and people who say that Mexican, you know, Mexican folks are lazy. Are you kidding me? No, they could work you under the table and, yeah. and you know, they and really still irks serve me. you. <laughs> exactly. And it, it really irks me when people go off on immigrants as being lazy. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. They haven't no, really, I, I, they haven't really the... seen, you know. That's but anyway, the, that's one of the dumbest wow. tropes ever. <laughs> right? Dumbest, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I got to tell you one thing. Uh, when I was with Grand Ole Vienna, we were playing at a place called Black Forest Inn, and it was uh, the owner just would pound down Jägermeisters constantly all night, you know, <laughs> at the bar. That was my introdu- introduction to Jägermeister. Oh, by the way. Well. <laughs> but one night we're playing there, and, and it's right near the airport near Century Boulevard. So we're playing the music, and it's getting around one a.m. and the and about quarter to one, these three gorgeous blonde women walk in and i'm like 25 at the time something like that. i'm like oh my gosh i gotta talk to them before they leave right <laughs> so I'm, I'm like thinking come on stay 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 so they stay and i go over and i say i introduce myself and they go so where are you from and to them and they go oh we're from poland i said poland wow and what are you doing over here oh we just came over to the united states and you know we were from gdansk and i said gdansk where's that oh it's a seaport and says listen i want to tell you a secret it's going to come out in the L.A. Times probably tomorrow or the next day. But we're putting this, doing a big strike at the shipyard in Gdansk. And our leader, Lech Valenza, is going to, has started a movement called Solidarność. Oh, wow. Solidarity. Oh. So I'm like, holy crap. So the, like two days later, L.A. Times headline, Solidarity, Poland shipyard shuts down, Lech Valenza. You know, wow. that was the beginning of the Solidarity movement, which was so cool. I, didn't I actually know was on the, the inside scoop of that. I didn't know about the three blonde connection, though. You, you should have. <laughs> you should have been a reporter or something. I know. I should have run to the L.A. Times a day ahead of time for the scoop. <laughs> anyway, I got a big scoop from three blondes. Yeah. <laughs> three blondes in a bar. Polish blondes, and they. they it sounds like the beginning of a joke. And the three blondes in a bar. Yeah. The Jägermeister. <laughs> Our friend, friend of the show, Lee H. Uh, I I remember his Jägermeister story when he first discovered. Was it, it a you. story? No. Okay. I just remember the first time he had Jägermeister. I what actually do, like you... it. People go, it tastes like licorice. I'm like, well, no. It's, no his it's... comment was that it affects a different part of my body each time I take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I, I used to play with these at at, at the gas house here, Gabuklikite. You could get three bourbon glasses full of Jägermeister each night. And um, 
one of the guys who's older, he was really quite a bit older. I won't mention his name, but he pounded down a few too many of these things. And he lived in um, uh, Afton. So mm-hmm. he had to drive all the way to Afton on, and he's on the freeway and he, he passes, he like is, is kind of passes out and goes under a, a road, like a highway sign and takes out one of the legs and just like blam right through the thing. Oh, no. Doesn't hurt himself, but just keeps driving. And then he, he's like, Oh God, I hit something, you know, that woke so him up he go, a little he, bit. <laughs> yeah. He gets home and he drives his car in his garage and shuts the door. Right. So the next morning, you know, cops show up. I don't know how they security camera or whatever i don't know how they knew it was him but um he had to pay for the sign and everything but they didn't charge him with drunk driving because they couldn't prove it you know it was out of the system by then and you know you didn't stop oh wow which is probably a smart thing to do i mean but sometimes when you try to obey the law and then you get killed you know it's it's not very good he only had to pay for one leg (laughs) sometimes when you obey the law you get killed (laughs) yeah talk to talk to other people i won't mention any names but yeah (laughs) <laughs> um that's that's the title i won't mention <laughs> maybe that's the name of this episode. yeah he had to, he had to uh buy the whole dang highway sign yeah how much does a highway sign cost well i didn't ask him <laughs> see that's what i, I didn't want to I think probe into you should have negotiated and said listen i only took out a leg <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean that's like what 17 bucks at menards i mean come on <laughs> yeah 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 highway sign leg $17 sure. each. Sure. At Menards. <laughs> Save big money at Menards. Oh, I remember the that voiceover guy. Well, he wasn't just a voiceover. He was the... I heard he was a total jerk. Oh, what? Really? Oh, the original Menards man? Yeah, like oh, a friend he seems of mine. Oh, so nice. I know, but a friend of mine recorded him oh. in a studio here in town. <laughs> the guy thought he was God's gift to the universe. He was really arrogant. And oh, no. He just pissed everybody off. And he's like, you're just the Menards guy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that went to yourself. his head. Yeah, it went totally to his head, evidently. Oh, That's what that... I heard. Now, if he's listening. He's dead. He pissed off. Oh, is he dead now? Yeah, yeah. we dead. can say whatever we want about it. But All his right, family good. might listen, but uh, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, I heard he was He was kind of a not a really easy guy to like. If uh, if wow. anyone in the Menards voice guy family is listening, you get eleven percent off on our on our eleven percent on our, on our <laughs> Those patron bullshit rebates. <laughs> oh, oh, my wife, Those my wife are Jody. So stupid. I know, but but I I collect them and I I send them in religiously. And yeah, my, and you mail wife, them to Elk Mound, Wisconsin. My wife Jody gives me guff about that i have i i usually have about they're like the last last outfit that still does mail-in rebates don't they yeah so well, the thing is though if you're buying that. construction material in bulk like oh, my yeah, son does yeah. you know that 11 percent does help them so i know yeah he, he no I, you know no, i have like one for two but, bucks and one for five and what but, but, but then they up. expire though too that's the other right thing. i yeah. still send them in though and then a few Norwood, months later i don't know you get three dollars Whatever. Norwood Little America is another place where that stuff, those rebates come out of. Do you ever Young America, that? I think. Young America. Norwood Little America Young, is, Young America. is the name of a He was a, a young American. Uh, Little America is a truck stop in Cheyenne, Yes, Wyoming. I'm sorry. I, I got the truck stop mixed up with that. You know what I'm talking about, right? And now we're in Taliban America. No, sorry. You don't. That's... Glenda M. would know. Glenda? What happened? <laughs> She's not on right now. <laughs> we do edit these, by the way. So, 
didn't well, want yeah. to know anymore. So after LA, yeah, I don't know. Well, Montana, what, what's your what's your favorite like Jerry O'Hagan? Sh- you guys did that um, the Michigan the UP stuff. We used to go up to the Mackinac Grand Hotel every year for nine years. We played that gig, and it was a ballroom dancing weekend. And uh, the whole band would go up with our spouses, and for a week, you know, full weekend, and we wore tuxes all the time. They fed us and put us up at the hotel, and it was really an experience. Then recently, during COVID, they were bought out by some um, hospitality conglomerate, and then they decided that ballroom dancing was passe. So they hired some band from Chicago, and we're no longer going up there. Which is a pain in the butt, but that's ridiculous. We had a good run, nine years. I, I have a but, funny uh, feeling you'll come back, or or at least the ballroom dancing will, because there you had a lot of people would come there for that every year. That was yeah, the, yeah. The, except the, the ballroom dancers never get pissed off and write letters to anybody. You know, um, yeah. they just they just kind of recede meekly into the background. Believe find it or not. some and other it, ballroom. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, if you really like the program, write to them about it. You know, I guess that's true of anything. You know, the loudest, squeakiest wheel gets the. So what race, kind of band say. do they have there now? It's like a five-piece band from Chicago. I don't know what kind of music they play. Do you know, John? It's dan- I think it, they do, still do dance, but it's more like disco and hustle and rock and stuff like that. Whatever. But, it doesn't. That doesn't fit the. Uh, no, it doesn't fit the. Doesn't fit the. It doesn't fit the, the 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 hotel. The atmosphere. No, it's it's like going into an Italian restaurant and hearing uh, Jay Z, you know, or some rapping <laughs> over the over the thing. It, that's one of my my pet peeves. You know, you go to a a Mediterranean restaurant and you hear, you know, you're going to hear Glenn Campbell or or you know <laughs> Willie Nelson. I mean, come on, people, make the music hey match the venue. I mean, well, really, okay. it's not that hard. But, but in the Mediterranean, there are people that like Glenn Campbell. I get that. Well, but, but if you go to the restaurant, you want it to fit it. Exactly. Like if I go to and there's uh, like Ciotti's or not Ciotti's, but like Chianti Grilled, uh, they have nice. You got to play at least Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra at least. Come you on. know, something like that, or maybe some just you know real Italian Bobby music. Darren? Bobby Darren was he? Oh Italian? yeah, Caruso okay. or something, <laughs> or Mario Lanza. <laughs> or someone like that, you know. I don't know. I'm Good old change. fashioned when it comes to music and dining. We were just talking about the uh John dropped out for a little bit of technical yeah. difficulties, but he's back. But we were just talking okay, about good. the Upper Peninsula stuff. Oh, yeah, like, Jer- like our Mackinac Island glory days. Yeah. I, I don't know, like a Jerry O'Hagan story that has to do with that, but. Um, or any story. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was well, an I, icon around here. I, I, I'm. Well, yeah, he well, was. Um, yeah. Jules Herman uh, was, uh, started a big band here in the, what, 60s? And he was the uh, played for the Lawrence Welk band, and he evidently had an affair with one of the Champagne ladies, and they were kicked out, and they came to Minneapolis. Oh, and then he he got a gig at the prom ballroom that was regular, and Jerry became his first clarinet chair uh, player. Uh-huh. And then when Jules passed away, you know Jerry split off and formed his own big band. And uh, yeah, so I guess that's the long and short of it. Uh, and but he there had like champagne of... ladies every night. Oh yeah, I mean, and this place—I think Minnesota has the largest per capita for uh, big bands of of any state in the union except California. There are more it, big bands in Minnesota than I anywhere else. It. Yeah, I mean, really? Just yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, I can name I can name a dozen right now that are just in the Twin Cities. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's now, amazing. Jerry also, um, he. 
he also had this weird second career as a, a, a an oh, electric right. guitar maker. He made O'Hagan guitars, which yeah. which Prince actually had pieces of those, which he made into his famous, you know, <laughs> versions of guitars. Yeah. What? Sammy, this Sammy was in the Hager, 80s. Yeah. Sammy Hager loved them. And there was a whole cult following for O'Hagan guitars because I remember being at the Medina and young kids would come up with their O'Hagan guitar and, and ask Jerry to sign it. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. It was in yeah. Hopkins. He had a, a whole factory. He had a lot of Hmong uh, employees. Um, and they, you know, he had a paint room where they sprayed the bodies and he bought really good heavy duty parts and lugs wow. and only the best electronics. And then in the Reagan era, um, Reagan devalued the dollar or something. And right when Jerry was launching into Europe and and he went kind of screwy. The, the finances got messed up, and then the, the bank didn't approve his loan. Ugh. So and, he and went, this was they, at they a, took out of business. I think this was at a time when, um, and Jerry's company was was focused on making kind of high quality American made instruments. At a time when the big guitar makers like Fender and others were oh, were heavy into crap. Yeah, yeah, they were making made in stuff Mexico. in Mexico and Asia. Nothing yeah, against right. Mexicans. Yeah, and of course, no. the funny part is that the people really love the Japanese-made fenders now. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, yeah. it was a big deal to still make stuff in, in, in the United States. Yeah, but Jerry made these, you know, uh, the first wedge guitar. He had, like, wedge guitars and flying, you know, all those really cool-looking... Yeah, those know. 80s kind of but I remember being ones. Yeah. yeah, I remember being on the internet in some chat thing about music, and one guy was like... You know, I have an O'Hagan guitar, and I mean, is Jerry O'Hagan still alive? I mean, does anybody even know where he is? I mean, this guy, and, I, and I'm like, I'm gigging with him like twice a, a month, you know, and he's still alive. He's in Minneapolis. Are you kidding me? You know, it, it's like, this it weird like, thing that he just moved on and did something else, <laughs> and he would never tell anyone about it. He he was so humble about stuff, you know, like, yeah, you know, oh, you're you're Jerry O'Hagan. Oh yeah, you know, he's just like, you know, he was kind of famous in a, in a cult in the cult guitar world. You know, um, you know, actually, now that you mention it, I didn't make the connection, but I do remember hearing about O'Hagan guitars. I didn't think it was the same O'Hagan. How many, I, I haven't heard yeah, of that. Not, well, Google, Google it. I mean, look it up. He's all it's on the we'll, internet. We'll put a, uh, still a link. Collect them. We'll put a link to an article in no, the show I, notes. I, yeah. I didn't make the connection. I do. I just full disclosure. I do have a Mexican fender, but that's fine. Uh, it, and it, I have a, I, I have a I, Japanese I, electric bass, too. So that's. But you're that I bought in the eighties, so <laughs> I'm told that I don't know my guitar guy. I'm told this is a this is a good electric guitar. I had it in a closet for many, many, many years, and you, we all know we shouldn't stay in the closet. So, well, I, I before I forget, I wanted to bring it back to um, uh, libations, alcoholic libations. Yes, for a second. <laughs> I, I actually was able to make a dad joke with the cashier at Lakeville Liquors the other day because Pat sent me in for some uh, gin and tonic, you know, water. So I brought it in and, and she goes, yeah, did you find everything you want? You know, yeah, I found it. So I gave her those little six packs with the little cans of, of tonic water, you know, it was yeah. diet tonic. I said, um, can you weigh this? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, how are you going to know how much it weighs if you don't put it on the diet diet tonic scale? <laughs> oh, oh. And she looked at me like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> and well, I said, that's, it's that's... a musical, it's a musical term. And then she laughed, right? Uh, it was just like, okay. Yeah, that's, okay. it's a dad. That's a musical plus. dad joke. It, it yeah. is. It was dad, a dad plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, whenever I buy diatonic, I, 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 I always think of the <laughs> diatonic scale. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> Tell exact, um, what exactly is the diatonic scale, John? Explain that. Oh, that's oh, a good question. You took theory, didn't you? Yeah, it, I've I've forgotten it all though. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even sure what it is. I just remember the term like Jeopardy, you know, from one of those Jeopardy things. I'll take musical terms for 600. It's a blah 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 diatonic. What is diatonic? Well, it's, it's our you know? it's our conventional, you know. Yeah, yeah, the one that we all know that's uh, you know got okay. the right number of intervals in it and and all the right sharps and flats and all that. Yeah, yeah, that that that's okay. that's our our Western so your music Western scale. Western European, to be exact, uh, um, tonal scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like any. I don't know it's why a, it's, it's called like that, any though. heptonic scale that includes five whole steps, really, or whole tones, and two half steps, some semitones, and then in each octave. I mean, come on. Or the Schoenberg twelve tone <laughs> scale. And yeah, Phil, the, Phil, tell us about twelve tone. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, in which the two half steps are separated from each other by either two or three whole steps, depending on their position and scale. You're just reading Wikipedia. <laughs> is he reading Wikipedia? Yes, he is. Well, I, I remember a story where uh, Mahler went to see a Schoenberg concert, and he was fairly new in Vienna. And, this is also and, a... and people were like, "You guys booing. went to a Mahler concert." And... They were they were booing. they were hissing and booing. You know, your music sucks. It stinks. Blah, blah, blah. And Mahler stands up. He's up in the front. Turns around. He goes, "You guys, be quiet." He, this guy deserves to have 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 a you know someone listen to his music, and they go, "Sit down. We hate your music too. It sucks." <laughs> so basically, <laughs> what a critic. Yeah, I know. So that was that was the end of that. But I have never really actually listened to Schoenberg and a, a song done in the twelve tone. Is it twelve tone scale? Yeah, that yeah. that was his famous. Oh, he he did he did conventional. You know. Oh, he did conventional music as well. His early career, yeah, yeah. There, it there never really took off, pieces. did it? The twelve tone thing. Well, yeah, not really, <laughs> because. You, it's it one of those things you, you you have to really know know what's going on to appreciate mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, it it sounds just like random crap. Right, right. And it's, and, it's and hard. Really? It, it, it's like it's like parts of t- certain types of jazz too, in a way. Right, right. Only yeah. the the ultimate jazzers know what they're doing, and they like it. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to really understand um, the theory, and be, you have to understand why what Schoenberg's doing. It's like, um, like Pat said, you know, some of this, this, this improv, really wild improv jazz is kind of like masturbation. They're just doing it for their own pleasure. <laughs> no one else cares. No one else knows what's going on. <laughs> I thought, oh God, that's harsh. But yeah, it's kind of true. Well, there's too. A, yeah. There's an element of truth to that. <laughs> well, what's, okay. What's your, you play all kinds of different types of music, but what's your favorite music to play? Who, me? Genre. Yeah. Oh, John. No, no, John Ra. Your, oh, your... John Ra. Oh, I thought you were saying John. Jerry Johnson, Ruh. John Ra. John Ra. Um, <laughs> John no, Ra. My favorite type to play? Oh, boy. If you have um, one. Is that impossible? You know, it's kind of like saying which one of your kids is your favorite. You know, I mean, I, I, they're all <laughs> at certain times. I, I get, you know, like Montessori uh, method, you know, you have these what they call sensitive periods where like I'll be totally into jazz for like months. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
nah, I want to, I'm going to just play straight up rock and roll, you know, and you know, this four, four beat, you know, four, four time stuff. And then, you know, or I'm just going to do drum core stuff or I'm going to play funk or whatever, you know, um, I don't have much opportunity to do symphonic music anymore unless I auditioned for the met, you know, something that John plays for like the metropolitan or something like that. Yeah. But, um, community bands, I love band music. I love marching music. I do 18th century rope tension, drum cadences and stuff. What is that? Um, well, I, I'm part of a <laughs> reenactment like group that does 18th <laughs> oh. century stuff. So yeah, the old, old marching drums of 1776, like in the famous painting, they were, they were tensioned by ropes that just wound up and down from the top head to the bottom head. And, and the heads were raw, um, calf skin. And you would have this leather tab that you push down on the ropes that made them pull the heads together, you know, and make them tight. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be playing that July 4th down at the YZ Depot, uh, as part of our camp, we fire off muskets and stuff like that. Is so. that like the band that would go out with the troops or something? Oh, or? absolutely. I mean, drumming and, and fifing was totally an element of, of the battle. I mean, um, you know, they had, I have commands for shoot, for retreat, for take arms, uh, about face to left wheel. To, you know, everything they did had a, a corresponding drum um, beat because oh, of all the roar of the, the muskets and the cannons. You just couldn't hear anything but a bit, lot of drums, you know, beating. Oh, I just thought and, it was for morale or something like oh, a, no. a soundtrack. No, actually, on a... Or, or like bagpipes where you just want to scare the enemy. <laughs> yeah, and, and even bagpipes had calls that were, were for utilitarian What's the drum pattern for Runaway? It's really <laughs> funky. I mean, um, you don't ever want to hear the fife music for retreat because it sounds like, you know, it sounds like that. This it's the, really the, embarrassing. The Looney soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. But um, I can't remember it's it right now, haircut, but it's, yeah. it's funky. It's really like, you don't ever want to hear that music. But, well, you right. know. There's drum things for everything from like time to pick up to collect firewood, time for dinner, time for this or that. And what? Oh yeah, it's a big deal. Time to relieve and, your bowels. Yeah, time, and the what, and the time musicians to lean. <laughs> <laughs> or time to lean. We'll have to figure out that drum cadence. Um, but the uh, drum the the musicians. Uh, wore opposite color coats so if you were in the british army and they were wearing um red with yellow facings then the drummers would be yellow with red facings they were exactly the opposite so it it was to dis to um set them as, apart from the fighting people even though they got blown up and shot as much as anybody else well sure and maybe first if they weren't playing well but right but it was considered really ungentlemanly to blow up an enemy's musicians you know it's just like Sometimes they carried sabers or daggers or something, but they, you know, they didn't really have anything to protect themselves. So, the and they were usually hold, hold young. up their drums. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. I didn't know I, that. Yeah. And that's, that's why cool. I love Barry Lyndon, the music from Barry Lyndon, because it has all oh, the, the Kubrick. So authentic. The, the way. They yeah. It was that. so authentic. And the photography, the cinematography was just outstanding. I'm so embarrassed. I still have, I'm a Kubrick fan, but I still haven't seen that yet. Movie. And it's so outside his usual genre too. I mean, it, it's so unusual. When I found out he directed that, I'm like, really? Oh, well, I remember. He, I remember Space Odyssey guy. I remember uh, reading about it in film class, and uh, he had he had to develop a special camera so he could film by camera light or whatever, or I mean candlelight. Yeah, <laughs> camera oh, light. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. he wanted to use Crazy. natural light in those uh, nighttime indoor scenes. Oh. Yeah, it was it was outstanding. Yeah, the another really good mu- movie of that era was uh, um, Waterloo with Rod Steiger as Napoleon. Is that one good? Oh my gosh! Really, I've never seen. Fantastic. They filmed it over on locate like over there, and 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 they. This is a time before you could make digital people, you know, and and crowds and you know (laughs) stuff. I mean, they had probably tens of thousands of extras in this dang thing. Anyway, check it out. That's really amazing too. I think the music was good in that as well. Rod Steiger. Yeah, as a movie guy, you'd you'd love it. Yeah, I've heard of the movie. I've just never gotten to see it. Yeah. So I will I will put that on my list. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you also John, like, so you also like movies too. Well what are, oh, what are, well, what what's like when you're what are some well oh you never mind. Go my ahead. favorite movie, I think, of all time is well, one of the, my favorite movies. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say this in one way, but um My Little Mermaid. Pollyanna by Disney with Haley Mills. That's because you had a thing for Haley Mills. Not just because I had a thing for Haley Mills. Everybody had a thing for Haley Mills. But the <laughs> the music, the the photography, the the way that whole movie was put together was in the scripting, the If you listen to the music on that and how it's cued to the action, it is so exact and perfect. I I'm just astounded I have every heard time it, I that, watch that's it. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that and then um a, a one called A Box of Moonlight. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's not very well known, no. but Sam Rockwell, it was one of his very first movies with okay. John Turturro. John huh. Turturro and Sam Rockwell. What? Yeah. Oh, you got to see it. It's called uh, Box yeah. of Moonlight. Duh. Wow. And well, I, I won't I tell know. you very much, except in general, it's about a John Turturro plays this really uptight, anal, retentive uh, construction guy who's on a, uh, you know on a, a, re- <laughs> a remote location working on a construction project at a, and he lives at a hotel with his crew and and he runs into sam rockwell who's this off the grid hippie guy and 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 the two of them fate puts them together where they have to be together and they and just the, the way they play off each other and how opposite their personalities are and how it's just oh it has some other really famous um actress in it too um I can't remember her name, but anyway, it's worth checking out. And and I've watched it so many times. I've even heard the director's commentary. On oh, it. okay. I'll yeah. put that on the list I too. Will, yeah, we'll keep a lookout for that. That's kind of like the yeah. buddy cop version of construction <laughs> films. No. Well, th- those two are both great character actors. Oh yeah, I never do the oh, work together. Yeah. How did yeah, I? And, how and, have any I heard of this? In, uh, any movie they're in, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, yeah. even the evidence. That latest thing um, is it called Evidence? Uh, has John Turturro in it? Isn't that the thing you tu- you tuned me into, John? That oh, it's that Ben Stiller produced that. Oh, thing um, Severance. Severance. That's the name. Yeah, of it. yeah. yeah Turturro's that, in Turturro. that too. Yep, and Christopher Walken. Yeah. Oh so. wow. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. Oh, oh yeah, that TV series. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I know. I, no, I that, need to put that on the list too. I'll get yeah, to it and, in the, eventually in the next couple decades. Yeah, we we often do a do a what are we watching whatever oh okay yeah those are cool and another and because of the and then because of the Haley mills thing i just listened to the audiobook of her latest and only uh, autobiography which is outstanding anyway because it, it it really covers the era of um american you know the disney years but also um her dad uh and uh, people she worked with in uh, worked in british film in the 50s like from the 54 to the to 64 okay there was a very strong um kind of film noir type of of um british 
uh, home movie, you know, groups that were making these movies, which John Mills and his, his buddies were either directing, producing, or acting in. And Haley Mills acted in quite a few of them. And her mother even wrote some of the screenplays for the actual scripts for some of them. Wow. And yeah, and they're really good. Like she's mentioning them in this book and I'm writing these things down because I, and I go out and believe it or yeah. not, they're available on, you know, on Hulu or somewhere. And I'm, I've been having a blast watching these things. Cool. Um, yeah. It, they're after World War II. The, it was the movie industry in Britain, you know, for the next yeah, decade. Yeah. They, they kind of very rebuilt their industry after the war and mm-hmm. produced the, produced a lot of interesting things that, that were in a lot of ways different from what the American film industry was doing. Yeah. And very interesting stories, you know, like, like I like to say, you know, like it's all about the story, stupid, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> don't worry about the special effects. Cause like Godzilla, the first one was a, was a special effects masterpiece, but the story sucked. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you get through the movie it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Okay. I saw all this great stuff, but what did I remember from it's it? Tactical. It had no story at all, you know. Um, so but the British, British really, yeah, British <laughs> focus on that because they're. I think they're more play oriented, like performance on on stages. Sure. And and you know, anyway, that's my theory. I'm yeah, there's a lot of good stuff, and and there's there's really there's more stuff available now than there has ever been before. Really, that, that yeah. we can all get access to. And there was there were these two brothers named Bowling Brothers, Boy, uh, yeah. Roy and and his he, they were twin brothers, and they literally, you know, were in charge of all of the the, the main you know movement. And uh, Haley Mills ended up marrying one of the brothers, and he was old enough to be her her father. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> they had a, a son together, and uh, and then they divorced at some point. But the boy boiling. Yeah, his name Roy Bowling. Do you have you ever heard of them, John? The no, Boiling, I don't. Bowling think... Brothers. Yeah, um, I have. It's B O E H L I N G. I bet I've. Yeah, I just been forgetting. Um, but yeah, that's they're worth reading about. But anyway, but John is amazing because like he should work for TCM. I, I'm serious. He needs to be one of those guys that. Oh yeah, you know so and so is in. The, he's like a walking IMDb database about every actor, every <laughs> boring people scenario. Blathering on, you know. It's like, did you know a ver- another version of that movie was made in 1948 and it starred these people, and then then they redid it in 1968, and these people were involved in it. And I'm like, sheesh. But, but having you on here, you know, we've you've you've mentioned things that we've never talked about on here well, before, so that's nice. Yeah, it's because, you know, it just re- you know, reading is a big part of it. I mean, I never would have been in, you know, in touch with that if I hadn't read that book. So Haley Mills story. It's all about, yeah, and she's still alive. She's like 80, 78, 80, something like that, still performing. Oh, still oh that's doing, really cool. Still doing her thing. I'm I'm going to write her a fan letter. I absolutely have to get a signed 8x10 glossy of her at some point well, before she goes. You do. <laughs> For heaven's sake. What was some other movies she was in? Because I I remember seeing a lot of Disney movies when I was younger, but I can't, I don't remember her name. Who? Oh, there's the Parent Trap, of course. Parent Trap. Oh, okay. That's the Parent Trap. Um, Yeah, yeah. That that darn cat. She did that. Yeah, I know who it is now. Okay. The Herbie, what was she in the Herbie ones too? I don't uh, think she was. No, no Kevin. I, I remember that. Uh, Dean Herbie Jones was. is the Dean one. Dean Jones that was in all. did all those. We, we always, my brother and I used to, to joke about how we were going to, <laughs> to have a Dean Jones film festival <laughs> where we just watch all the Dean Jones oh movies. Oh my God. <laughs> that would be so awful. 
We should do that. <laughs> Actually, the original Love Bug movie is is pretty pretty fun. Oh, I remember enjoying it. Yeah, with I mean, Buddy Hackett. I, I was and, like seven. And or and, and, yeah, and the, the dad from Mary Poppins, David Tomlinson, um, right? Who plays the right. villain? Yeah. Well, you know, the, some of the English ones that that Haley Mills was in was Tiger Bay, which was a really good movie from 1959, and then she did a Whistle in the Wind. Um, that was like 61, and it was a, a screenplay written by her mother that had to do with these kids that find this bomb in a, in a barn, and they think he's Jesus come again. And uh, because they, they learned about it in Bible school, you know, that he was going to be back, and he looked like Jesus, you know, and so they were like, so there's this whole story about that, which is evidently really fun. Oh, bomb. Oh. I thought you said bomb. That sounds, sounds great. Uh the Family Way was another British uh, film that she was in. Did Did it's you ever get around to seeing the the one you mentioned to me was Brighton Rock? Yeah, um, that, no, I never got around the, the to seeing Brighton Rock um, with David at, that Richard Attenborough, not David Richard Attenborough, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I never yeah. got around to seeing that. That's one we, we would have to make a, an appointment at John's uh, video movie cave. Yes, you gotta <laughs> come watch <laughs> that. To see uh, that, that that's movie. where um, uh, Richard Attenborough plays a uh, thug. Exactly. In nineteen fifties right. Britain. Oh, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, well right. we'll have to set up a movie night at John's. Well I'll do that. Movie night and, at John's. Um, he have you you've seen his man cave, right? With a giant screen and <laughs> oh, he yeah. has like a million movies on <laughs> Phil a has server. A screen with, just as big. With all of the artwork. <laughs> He's got all the artwork and all the movies. It's like, <laughs> holy crap, you're bigger than AMC. You know? <laughs> I, I don't have a pop, Carmike pop theater. Machine. I think you have a better whatever it is refreshing rate or something on your screen it's not wow. whatever i've got better whiskey lcd led oh definitely yeah i have an Fine. oled yeah. okay this guy's <laughs> name i'm sorry i looked it up his name's roy bolting b-o-u-l-t-i-n-g uh, he was a film director very, and he had a brother English. twin brother too but look him up and they it's they, really they formed a donut chain no <laughs> oh that's the mr donut <laughs> that was, twins that was our last no wait they were they were brother-in-laws they were siamese brother-in-law that's right they were siamese, siamese brother-in-law twins i'm sorry i brought that up no that's terrible no they don't <laughs> say that anymore they say conjoined sorry okay 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 whoops we, got I was, we, got, we just canceled it was, ourselves it was oh. roy and john bolting were the two guys and they, so they both were married to Haley Mills. No, just one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Both. <laughs> I don't mean at the same time necessarily. <laughs> I don't judge. Well, all right. I, I have a funny feeling we <laughs> we should have Carrie back on again, John. He's got I'm a lot of stories, have, I'm sure. I got a million just scratched of them. the surface. I got a million <laughs> of them. You were talking about band, band stories. So I've, I've got a, a lot of those in the hopper. If you ever want to do right. a thing on gig stories. Yeah. And I'd then we'll have to go back and edit people's names out but it's okay yeah i mean i can i can not use names <laughs> you know i but no. some of them are pretty amazing would you come back on absolutely yeah okay this great. was fun i enjoyed it yeah and you you have the best sounding microphone of any of our guests really this is an sm yes <laughs> he, he has a real podcasting mic no yeah it's nice well a radio you know, voice now now the next thing is we have to try to figure out what to do with the song well, my my celebrity collaborator was uh, Ron Strykert from Men at Work. Um, oh, that's wow. right. You t- I remember that. He lived you in Montana. He still lives in Montana. But what? Um, yeah, I ran into him and we got to be friends. At, I was doing a gig and, and he comes up. Oh, yeah. hey, I'm a musician too. You know, he's from Australia. 
and oh, oh, you're pretty good. At, you're, you're good on drums. I mean, would you like to come to my my place and we my can, flat, my flat? You know, ring me up at my flat. No, that's English. So anyway, we show. I show up at his place, and downstairs are all his gold records, including um, Down Under, yeah. which he co-wrote with um, what's his name now? I can't that remember. Guy. Colin. Hi, hey, Colin. Hey, and um, so anyway, he's got a million guitars, and and he has a drum set. <laughs> And we just would collaborate on stuff. Like he'd say, okay, I'm going to play this rhythm here. And you, you do, you know, you do this and that. And, and we worked up some really cool stuff, but we never finalized anything. It was yeah. like, oh, shoot. And I think he's still up there. As a matter of fact, I should reconnect with him because yeah. he's a cool guy. I went out and looked up, looked him. He's the skinny guitar player. He's the lead guitarist. And right. he kicks off some amazing, I mean, if you see some YouTube concert video with them, He's really good. He's a killer guitar yeah. player. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But you just never know. And then he married a gal who was a, a fundamentalist religious <laughs> kind of nut and said that rock and roll was of the devil. So he stopped writing for quite a while. Oh. And now he's back back on the track. Sure. Back on track. So, so yeah, that's well, Carrie. Thanks, you guys. Thanks this for was being a lot on of here. fun. Yeah. yeah. We'll have you on again someday. Here's a song. After this day of rest. God wiped some crumbs off his chest He was a little hard-pressed To think what he should do next He smoked a little herb Then on the eighth day God created reverb It isn't easy being God
was how we'd be renowned And he sang these words with reverb profound It isn't easy being Satan You say I'm the evil one Banish you from the garden. Yes, it did. And I just wanted you to have fun. 